Morning, everybody! Kicking off a new week on the Roto Grinders NBA Morning Grind podcast. I am the Luch, and I'm here with the Chief. Got my guy Will Priester on here. It's a beautiful day. Smell the coffee, Chief. Wake up and let's look at some games and talk some props, and let's hope nobody gets put into COVID protocol by the time the slate rolls around. Tell me about it. Uh... My DFS lineups may have need to have a COVID protocol with how things have been going, but uh, nevertheless, man, let's let's get it in. I'm excited. Um, should be a really interesting slate. Um, slate kicks off at 7:30, which is not something we're we're used to. Maybe for a Monday, but I, I we'll see how it goes here. And um, couldn't be happier to be on with you, brother. I might sound solemn, but I promise I'm happy. Listen, I'm so happy to be on with you too, my solemn friend. I uh, had a miserable Sunday for for fantasy and DFS, but you know that's that's how it goes when you take stands and some things don't work your way. And I know we talked a little bit about some some of your ridiculous uh, close calls with some props on Sunday, and I get it, man. I get it. Uh, my biggest mistake on Sunday action was playing Michael Carter probably what a complete dud burned me a little bit and uh you know what it is it is what it is should have got him a boy Dante Foreman (laughs) yeah that game broke my heart too it was an incredible football game the Titans held the Steelers to 158 yards least amount of yards anybody like the Titans holding the Steelers to 158 yards is the lowest amount of yards they've held an opponent since 2010 and they lost what were you doing in 2010 what were you doing i don't even know 2010 that's so long ago gee what was i doing in 2010 uh hmm well that's how long oh no 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 no. i I can i can tell you so in in 2010 um at the end of the year, I was actually moving to – that's when I was moving to Charlotte. Nice. North Carolina. Um, that was the end of 2010. Um, I remember moving up there. I mean, I loved it up there, man. Um, that, that's what I was doing at the end of 2010. I moved there in December. Around this time, too. Hey, some, some change is good, my friend. Is that how you became a Hornets fan? Well, no, not not exactly. So I I was a Hornets fan pretty much my whole life, but that's when I became like a true fan, like going to all the games, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Well, that's how long it's been. And the Titans lost. So a historic defensive game got uh, crushed. So pretty lame day for me. And then, of course, the Sunday night game, losing, I mean, your Tampa Bay, you lose your best three skill players in a nutshell. That is how professional sports is going right now, man. But got six games on Monday. Let's start the week. Let's kick it off. Let's get some positive energy flowing here. And right from the get-go, we have a seven, the thir- 730 game with a ton of question marks. The 76ers at the Celtics. The good news is it's at 730. The bad news is it's extremely difficult to give analysis well ahead of time in this one. Just looking at the injury report here, Chief. Embiid's questionable with an ankle. Tyrese Maxey's questionable. Andre Drummond is on the COVID list. Shake Milton on the COVID list. So I don't know like when these guys are eligible to come back. Danny Green's a GTD. Furkan has a GTD. This is miserable. Absolutely miserable. And on the flip side, Tatum's a GTD. Al Horford's in protocol. Schroeder's questionable, been battling that illness. Grant Williams is also in protocol, I believe. So I don't even know where we begin to give analysis, advice, or 
or what it may be on this one, because there are way too many moving parts here, Chief. What would you just say from a from macro point of view here, I guess? Well, I mean, let's focus on who we think is going to be in the game. And, uh, you know, that would leave Smart, right? Uh, that would leave Jalen Brown. And so, you know, th- these are guys that aren't really on the list. Jalen Brown's 9K currently. Um, you know, Robert Williams is going to be playing. Enos Freedom is going to be playing. Right, Al Horford is out. I don't know if I said that. Yeah, so yeah. Big minutes, for Bob, yeah. big minutes for Bobby Williams there. Yeah, so I, I think that's kind of what we do. We, we focus on who's going to be playing and let it ride from there. And so, you know, as long as this this game doesn't get canceled, there's good value here with this team all up, you know, at all price points. Well, let's just let's just say let's look at the Philly side first. We know Drummond's out. We don't know about Maxi. We don't know about Embiid. Embiid is such a big deal in figuring out what goes well, Milton on. Milton, we know is out. Who? I said, well, Milton, we already, like you said, we already know Milton is out. Oh, Milton. We, oh, gotcha. I got you. Yeah. Okay. And we know Drummond's out. Uh, you know, those are, those are two big bench pieces. If Embiid is out as well, then, I mean, are we going to get nuclear Tobias Harris? I don't know. He's so expensive. I don't even know if I still want to play him at 8700 at that price without without some sidekick action. 7K uh, flat on FanDuel. Yeah, that much better price. Seth Curry's 6500 on DK. I don't want to pay 6500 for Seth Curry. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that, guys. I don't I don't care who's out. Like 6500 is expensive for him. Right. Um for a guy that has to shoot now, perhaps he could dial up the assist. And the match probably would be a little bit more even. But right now, if everybody that could play play that just has questionable tags and is not already out, you'd have Maxi, Curry, maybe Court Moss, um, Matisse, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and MB. That that's that's enough. That's most of their starting lineup. Or in fact, that is their whole starting line because they'd have Maxi, Seth, Danny Green, Tobias Embiid, and they'd basically be going against Boston, who's pretty shorthanded. But all of these guys aren't going to play, I don't think. Right? Embiid, somebody out of that those that group, because four of them are, three of them are questionable: Embiid, Maxi, Danny Green. Out of those three. If you had to guess who didn't play, which would be your guy? Man, you like that answer? I would probably, <laughs> I'd probably guess Danny Green. Matisse has been good. Uh, Maxi, I'm not sure what the deal is, but with Shake already in protocol, I think he tries to suit up. It, listen, I, I like Embiid. However, if MB doesn't play, uh, you got to like Tobias Harris on FanDuel 7K flat. There's a huge role increase here. So MB is the big one for me. Um, if MB does play, I like everyone else a lot less. You know, if, yeah. MB, if MB does play, I'm, I'm not playing Tobias Harris regardless in tournaments. But at 7K flat, I would consider him in cash for sure. So Embiid's the big one for me. Monitor his news and then deal with the with the value pieces, I think. Yep. Yep. Boston side of things, similar situation. Obviously, Al Horford's out. So I think I think you can pay for Robert Williams regardless. He's really cheap. Fifty six hundred. I'm assuming he's more expensive on DraftKings, probably chief. They seem to price everyone up. So I like Rob Williams without without al horford yeah rob's 5700 oh wow okay good price on both sites i mean i think i like him both sites without horford alone now if you take out tatum too you get a little bit of more usage which is which is fun so because tatum's been rebounding really well this season so that definitely i think would increase you know time lord's ability to 
you know, rack up more rebounds. And I mean, past three games, seven, 11, eight, um, you know, I, w- I would expect double digits here if, uh, if Tatum sits for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and if Embiid sits, good gosh, I mean, psh, sign me up. I know who, who are they going to put under the hoop? Paul Reed. Paul Reed then becomes a thing. If Embiid sits, by the way, Paul Reed becomes a thing because Drummond's out and Niang's out. Yeah. So then we're talking Paul Reed, guys. So we just want to circle back there and connect the dots. So I'm with you. Now, if Tatum plays, you know, I'm I'm indifferent about Jalen Brown. But if Tatum sits, I'm playing Jalen Brown. 7,300, played 30-plus minutes in back-to-back games. Actually played 32-plus minutes in back-to-back games. I'm thinking maybe he'd be able to run at full capacity now. You know, got his legs back under him after a couple of games from missing some time. So if Tatum's out, Jalen Brown, dare I say, becomes a smash play on FanDuel at 7,300. Yep, smash play. I would agree at that price for sure. 9K on DK, so have to think about it a little bit. But at at 7,300, yeah, man. I mean, that's like Chris Middle to the Drew Holiday being there with no Drew. And they're always in the mid-7K range typically when that happens. So you just crank those guys up. And how painful has Marcus Smart been? But if Schroeder misses and Smart's fifty-seven, you got to on DK. You get, yeah, you got to consider Smart. And if Tatum misses, in addition, oh, there's no consider. I think you put him in. You got to go back to the well. I think here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yep, back to the well. Back to the well. Injury madness here. I'm glad we caught the Paul Reed thing as well. I was sifting through uh, everything going on. And, you know, poor Josh Richardson, you know, finally comes back, plays mega minutes, uh, and he's out again. And Grant Williams yeah. is out. So two teams that are extremely thin as it is. I don't got anything else right now at this moment for this game. Do you? Negative. All right, we'll move on to OKC and Memphis. Hmm. Remember this one from a couple of weeks ago? The 70-point banger they had. Yeah, Oof. I don't think that's going to happen. SGA is playing this time. <laughs> yeah, he'll say. So I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't see. I don't see that happening. Uh, I think SGA is absolutely going to help this team uh, put up more points in a more competitive matchup here. Knock on wood. As of right now, these are two teams that don't have a ton of players in protocol or injured. So, I'm looking at the, these prices and. I don't have a ton of interest. They all seem to be priced fairly as if, you know, uh, like there's no gimmies here. So, uh, I, I, you know, Desmond Bain at 64, I, I don't know. Him and Dylan Brooks seem to, to negatively correlate. I, I just no, don't know what the upside is there. I have Jaron Jackson under 7K. Don't love him. But I think he's really the only one I'm super interested in here in this game as a whole. Yeah. And Jaron Jackson is 6,700 on DK. Um, Steven Adams is 5K. Like, I might have some interest in Steven Adams. He's been playing pretty well overall. Um, and his minutes have been back up in the 30s. And he's not really – he's just kind of going overlooked. You know, last three games, 36, 27. And 37 fantasy points. So I'm very – I think I'm pretty interested in Steven Adams here on DK at 5K. He, he can only play center, but I'm okay with that for that price, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. Kyle Anderson, his minutes have picked up some. Um, and, you know, he's played well in spots, but uh, I think Steven Adams at, at 5K is a better play if he's going to play more minutes. Desmond Bain, 6,100 on DK. Not too bad. Um, and Melton's 48 um, if you're looking for kind of a flyer off the bench. How about the game Brooks finally had against Portland? 37 real points, uh, three boards, three dimes. Uh, you know, you're betting you know, 6,700 on FanDuel now for Brooks. You need this guy to score. You know, he's had five straight games yeah. of, of games. The, o- over 20. Yep, yep. I don't and that's what it. we were waiting on. Like, that's that's really what we were waiting on with Dylan Brooks. When Dylan Brooks first came back and Ja was out, can I interest you in a little prop trivia, Carlucci? You can. When Brooks first came back and Ja was out, where do you think his point total started at? 19 and a half. No. 16 and a half. 
and then it went to 17 and then 18. And it kind of hung around that 17, 18 because for a while he wasn't like scoring. And then now, after this scoring output, take a take a gander, take a guess at where, where he's at now, where he comes in at most days. 23 and a half. Close, 21 and a half. Okay. That's where that's pretty much where he comes in at daily now. So it's amazing what a few a gap in time will do, right? And I can't stress this enough for prop investors. Um, when you get the right prop, what you have to realize is sometimes you may have to take some L's and then recoup it back on the back end, right? You know, you might have taken some L's on Dylan Brooks at 16 and a half and 17 and a half um, uh, at one point. But then, if you, but then you were able to capitalize on that probably for another two or three days, right? Until they, until they readjust it. So just food for thought there. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't mind Steven Adams on FanDuel at 55 either. I, I just don't yeah. have a ton, ton of interest in this game. It, Brooks, like you said, the volume's picking up. I don't have his usage numbers in front of me. But 67 is, you know, it's getting up yeah. there for a guy that doesn't give you a ton of peripherals. So we'll see if the public wants to chase his big game. And if they do, I understand. If not, uh, then we'll have to maybe talk about some tournament takes about Dylan Brooks. OKC, you know, this team, this Grizzlies team is statistically better without John Morant defensively. Now they give up some points without him on the offensive end here. But I don't have a ton of interest in OKC. I mean, SGA will come in minimally owned if everyone's healthy. So I don't mind trying to go over the field on him a little bit. But not paying 61 for Dort. I'm not paying 61 for Giddy. Darius Baisley, we love to talk about Darius Baisley, right? Minutes are just so uncertain. Don't know. Kenrick Williams up to 4,900 now. <sighs> With everybody in, again, I, I don't know. I don't have a ton of interest here outside of SGA, if I'm being honest. Yep, not doing it. Cool, same page. How about we'll go on to a game where we probably have some more interest than many players. Houston traveling to Chicago. The Bulls, who are on a back-to-back, pulled out the win over the Lakers. DeMar DeRozan yeah, they had- did. DeMar DeRozan went nuclear in the second half. Yep. Vucevic, 17-11. I swear, this guy is one of those guys who just cannot hit his points prop. I don't know what it was tonight, but he ran my pockets after uh, when DeRozan was out and it was just Vuce and Levine. His, his point total is 18 and a half for a couple of days. He oh, went he, eight, 18. Oh, don't tell me about it. He shot, eight, he shot eight for 24 from the floor against Denver. Yeah. Back to the well. I'm like, he won't shoot 33% from the floor again. He shot eight for 23 the next game. Just having a terrible season. I think he had 15 points at half or something like that on Sunday. Oh, night. Yeah. And yeah, he ended yeah. up with, he ended up with 17 total. Yes. Yes. For the game. I know exactly. What's wrong with Vuce? You got any ideas, or is it just kind of one of those one of those I, blips in the road? I think they've got he's got a lot of help now. And listen, these guards, um, you know, DeRozan and Levine, when they're there, and Lonzo, if one of them is out, like they're scored at a high clip. Do, do you know that at one point Levine and DeRozan were both scoring 25 to 30 points a game every night. And it really hasn't changed that much. Like they're just coming back because they've been out, but mostly both of those guys are going to account for let dare we say 50% of their offensive production. Most nights, well, let's go 40, 40 to 45%, right? Cause if they score 110 points, then of course that's a little bit less, but bottom line, they're going to account for most of their points production. And I think the coach has done a good job, uh, Luch, in staggering them. Typically what he'll do is he'll take out one of them early. And I think it's typically DeRozan, if I'm not mistaken. I think he'll take DeRozan out in the first half, right? Five or six minute mark, let Levine play. Then he'll bring DeRozan back while Levine is out in the second quarter. And I, I just, he's doing a good job with his rotations, man, I must say. But this is the reason these guys, they basically have the green light anytime they're on the floor. 
Also, did you know Lonzo is shooting 42% from three and his overall field goal percentage is 41? <laughs> so, I mean, kudos to Lonzo. You know, he was the laughing stock of, of the internet with his shot and everything when he was coming up and the big baller brand and the whole nine yards. And then dad finally called off the dogs. And wouldn't you know it, Lonzo's turned into a very good pro and a borderline all-star maybe, you know? So uh, don't look now, but the big baller brand has arrived between him and his brother and, you know, maybe his other brother will get a crack, you know, at it, you know, soon enough. We'll see. But I, this is kind of comparing apples to oranges here, Chief, but about Voos. You, you, they, you know, Chicago brings in Lonzo, who ha- is a much improved three-point shooter. Now he's not a catch-and-shoot guy, right? He wants to shoot that thing off the dribble pretty much. You bring in DeRozan, who isn't that capable, but he's capable enough to shoot in the three. You know, Voos almost kind of got – forced into this role and a guy who's very much so worked on his game to improve his shot because that three-point shot was never in his arsenal coming up from the from the beginning seasons dare I say he's almost in the listen Kevin Love you want to play on the dream team you're gonna have to stretch the floor more like Voose his role is just completely different as it is season low in usage like you said kind of makes sense because he has a lot of help now this isn't the you know throw it in the block every possession to Voose this is the I might be hanging out in the corner at the top of the queue with my hands up waiting to shoot just like Kevin Love's career had to change now Kevin Love got the hardware but that man had a streak of how many double doubles in a row in Minnesota he was an absolute machine and now he's the Euro three man and it, it is what it is so Changing philosophy with Vuce too, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, look, I think as this team moves along and they have to go down the playoff road, this, I mean, it's going to be, this. If, if this team can stay healthy, I'm not saying they're going to win a championship. I'm saying they're going to have, they're going to cause serious problems in the playoffs. I definitely think they, they're going to get out of the first round. Will they get out of the second round is the question. If they get out of the second round, Luch, it's going to get really scary because what's going to happen is they're going to, in my opinion, this is what I think, they're going to come up against a team like Brooklyn or Milwaukee. And I'm telling you today, they will give both of those teams problems because while Giannis is a beast, no, there's nobody on that team that can actually stop Vooch, right? Not actually. Like, they might have to put Giannis on him. And what Vooch may give up in maybe a little bit of size, he's going to stretch Giannis, and they're going to have Giannis in a lot of high pick-and-roll situations, I think, right? So Vooch will end up on, you know, the ability to shoot threes over a Drew Holiday or a Chris Middleton. And Vooch doesn't get that high up on the floor, but the guy can shoot, right? And then what happens when we get some pick-and-roll action and Giannis gets caught in the squeeze – and now we got Vooch rolling to the basket against anybody. Like it's, you, you see, I think they're just really going to cause problems. And then outside of that action, who's going to actually stop DeRozan and Levine, right? You can stop one of them, but you can't stop them both. They're not going to be able to allocate all their resources to trying to hold these guys down. And because they kind of both play a different style of game, one plays a little bit inside out in terms of DeRozan. He's not a three-point shooter. He's a mid-range guy. Levine is more, Levine can, is a great mid-range shooter as well, but he's going he's gonna to absolutely hammer the three-point ball, right? So they're just going to cause problems from a defensive perspective. And, yeah, these are NBA teams, and they'll figure out things with their rotations. Like, I get it. But, listen, they're going to be a tough out, especially if they're healthy. Lonzo Ball's no slouch, right? He'll he'll help him on the defensive end, and he doesn't have to shoot the ball 30 times a game. So they've got a good formula there in Chicago. They don't look like a championship team because maybe they don't have the superstar name value, but these are all high-caliber all-star players here. And this might end up being the new formula to win a championship, Luch. Dare I say the new formula. And I mean that it it could legitimately be the new championship formula where you say, you know what? I'm not going after Anthony Davis and LeBron. I'm going after this collective group. I'm going after, um, as an example, Julius Randle, John Morant, 
and and Ja may be a star by then, but you know the 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 I'm going after Julius Randle, SGA, and another high caliber All Star player. And SGA still young, but you get my point here. The tier, the new way to the win a championship. One B of stars, like like and I want... and and load up. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because basically, because basically they've got four tier one B players, and and but but what I'm saying is Levine's an All Star, Vooch is an All Star. Right, Lonzo could be an all star. I don't, I don't think he's going to be one this year. And um, DeRozan's an all star. And the, right, and DeRozan's an all star has been an all star for for an extended period of time. He knows how to be the lead scorer on a team. Well, that's may- that's four guys, Luke. I match four high caliber guys versus having right. LeBron, AD, and Westbrook who have these not weird skill sets. Right, I'm not saying that, but then they have to get maybe players a little bit past their prime or, you know, that can't help them as much in the playoffs. Right. Like you have, I love THT, but THT, you know, he still got to go through the trenches. Right. So they have to go out and get Rondo and Deandre Jordan and all these other guys to help fill out a, fill out a roster. Right. Yeah. Whereas the bulls, they got these four guys. They went and got Caruso. Right. Uh, and, and some of their guys have gotten hurt, like like yeah. Patrick Williams was their rookie or sophomore player. They got hurt. Who had he been there? I mean, imagine this team with Patrick Williams at the four versus Javante Green. And Patrick Williams is a, is a defensive specialist. Imagine that. Insane. Insane. The irony of that conversation is the Lakers didn't want to pay Alex Caruso because they couldn't. So traded them to your collection of stars over here. And instead they're dealing with Wayne Ellington and Deandre Jordan, you know, instead yeah. of giving up somewhere a little, you know, having Caruso is a little younger, scrappier. Um, and it's found a nice little niche there, but I, I think you're right. And if you recall to a podcast we did about two weeks ago, and if anybody was listening, we compared them to the Utah jazz. We said the bulls may be the Utah jazz of the West, except the bulls have, three walking buckets instead of one you have three guys who right. can close out a game instead of just the the uh donovan mitchell so you know you have three capable closers you know on a given night you know if one guy's out you may have two you know if utah misses Don, if donovan mitchell that's all well and okay because they have a bunch of collect a good collection of talent but no one who's going to close the game as a high caliber scorer and that's the kind of the difference here because the things you just said about Chicago is, wow, you know what? Like they might not win a championship, but they're going to cause some problems is the exact same thing. Like we say about Utah the last two or three years, they're going to cause problems. They're not going to win a championship, but they're going to be a tough out. The, right. the, the, the horse to the line by a nose edge goes to Chicago because of the capabilities, the flexibilities they have and putting the ball in someone else's hands down the stretch other than just one guy. And that's, that's it. Well, Utah, this is a, a weird statement to say chief, but Utah probably has the best collection of talent from top to bottom on their roster in the league, but they don't have enough high end talent. That roster is like the 50 yard line, completely balanced outside of the, you know, obviously Mitchell, you know, who's a star and a, and a good scorer, but you know, it's like that line is just skewed slightly higher for Chicago in terms of the collection of high-end talent. So right. you have the, the depth, you know, that kind of reminds me of like a deep varsity high school team where you roll out eight guys that can all hoop, you know, you play in a, you know, you just, you have eight guys with a balanced build and uh, that's it. But they are missing, you know, we played that trade deadline game. Who can Utah bring in to kind of pass the bulls in that level of, of, of um, that tier level of talent that we're talking about. And yeah. And I'm going to tell you who, who it could have been had they kept them. If they had Gordon Hayward. You just want him off Charlotte. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, no, no. Hear me out. Gordon, Utah, Gordon Hayward is not Charlotte Gordon Hayward. But why is this, that? It's pre-injury Gordon Hayward. Before he went to Boston and like broke his ankle. Yeah, I know. Gordon Hayward was balling, which is why everybody wanted him. Imagine Gordon Hayward completely healthy with Spider Mitchell. And now you've got Bogdanovich 
and Mike Conley. See that that so that's a totally different team now. Well, it's a I totally gotta, different team. I got to give you credit because I love the call you made of who they should go after on our podcast on the morning grind we did like two weeks ago. Do you remember who you said it should be? I think I said Damian Lillard. Well, yeah, that would obviously, yeah, but yeah, of course that would be well and great <laughs> for them. No, but you said Brandon Ingram. Yes, I mean, that that yes. Would, that would push the envelope. Brandon Ingram. No, Mitchell, seriously. Yeah, tier a, a, a high a tier a B tier. Correct. Score. I mean, or a B tier star, right? He's he's not all the way at the top, but he's like the next level down, and he can put the ball in the hoop. And now you've got to pick your poison, and you have to play them straight up in the playoffs. He's exactly, that's the key. That's what the Bulls did with their two to three high end scores. And right. we'll see. Because imagine if Utah could still run a really good eight man rotation, keep that core intact, but replace one of them with Brandon Ingram. Give up a couple young guys, give up some assets, bring them in, see what happens. Yeah. And you need to keep Clarkson, right? He's the Caruso of this team, and he's a better scorer than Caruso, not going to play as good of defense, though. So it's like, Jake, but, but the formula, we're going to see how this plays out, Luke. Thanks, everybody, for going on this rabbit hole with us. Uh, not not your typical NBA morning grind, I know, but you got six. This, this is the, yeah, yeah, but that's. I'm telling you, I, I want to see how this. Like, I'm really interested in seeing how the Chicago season plays out because you know what owners do, right? They, they try to replicate the process. Everybody went to thought they had to get a big three because you know Golden State went and kind of had like a big twenty. Um, right. And so now they've got KD Harden and, and Kyrie in the Nets. They've got uh, LeBron, Westbrook, and AD in, with the Lakers. And then other teams have kind of just held on to some players to try to keep their nucleus intact, like Portland, who've kept CJ and kept Dane and have tried to keep interchanging pieces to see if this thing is going to come together and it's not coming together. Right. So it, it's, but I think, in my opinion, this legitimately might be the new formula because the Bulls have kind of not been good for several seasons. And it's like they flipped the switch, right? They went from not being good to title contender for the Eastern Conference just by adding second-level star talent. Yeah, don't necessarily need a max slot. Uh you know, I think of the 76ers and good old Elton Brand and his amazing 10 years. Let's give Tobias Harris the max because we, you know, he's going to be the, th- it's like, dude, give me a break. So uh, that's a story for another day. Anyway, Houston at Chicago. Okay, and look, we, we led right into it. This is going to be a quick one, folks. I promise. Go ahead. I don't want to play anybody from Houston today. They're going to get smoked. I, I know Chicago's on a back-to-back. These guys are at home. I don't care. I, I don't listen, man. I listen. I, I don't think Houston is like they've been catching beatdowns anyway. Porter Jr. Maybe maybe Armani Brooks comes back. Maybe he doesn't. Jalen Green's still not playing. I know Eric Brook is Eric Eric Gordon is there, but I don't care, man. This team is not good. I know Christian Wood's gonna be here, but the Bulls are a serious team here. I I'm I just I can't play anybody from Houston today. Well, I, I I don't totally disagree. Eric Gordon's back, so that's good for them, and he's fairly priced. Eric Gordon's been good this year. He has. He's been good. He has. I don't mind him. I just, but but he's going to be one of the first guys out of Florida. They're down by twenty five. Right, but you know, it's. I agree. They should win by quite a bit but here we are looking at the saints shutting out the buccaneers and i don't know i'm willing to roll the dice <laughs> in some lineups here yeah you know what there's a very high a very high probability that especially with everything going on that it might be a nice veteran uh, night off for voose or DeRozan, who just came off a huge win against the lakers both played like 35 minutes it gets more interesting if damar or voose get the night off then then we could see this thing tighten up a little bit um, other than that, you know, we'll have to see what happens. They're all priced pretty accordingly on FanDuel. DeRozan's 89, Vuce is 88, you know, Lonzo's 77. Probably not paying 77 for Lonzo. Uh, you know, do you think they get the night off knowing Levine is out until, like, after Christmas sometime, though? Now that they're back and they can play? You know what? Yeah, I think because 
it, it's Houston. Uh, it's Houston. And at this point, you need everybody. You can, you know, why? I don't know why risk it against Houston. They should take care of business, even if Vuce or DeRozan sit. I think you know you give me DeRozan and Lonzo for thirty five, or you give me Vuce and Lonzo for thirty five, and I think they take care of business. So I, I think it's possible. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. How about how about the U? How about the Bulls of the West, the Utah Jazz, or how about that segue? Are ho- are hosting your Charlotte Hornets? So we can talk talk about our Utah Jazz here as well. We'll see. Charlotte's going to always be able to score points. It's can they put the ball in the hoop enough? on that day to keep up with the top tier teams, because one of the things we're not going to do is play defense. Okay. Um, So, and they're not going to uh, be able to, to stop anybody, especially the big guys, Rudy Gobert, unstoppable today. Problem is he's 9,200 and I don't really want to play him for 9,200, but um, Utah, they should be fine. Donovan Mitchell's 97. I do think that's too expensive, right? E- even though they're playing the Charlotte Hornets, I think it's a little bit too expensive. But, hey, if he's ever going to have an upside game, it's definitely going to be against the Hornets. Well, Cody Martin, your guy, got put in the protocol on Sunday Yes, he night. did. Yes, he did. It's hard to play a lot of these Hornets at their prices, especially against Utah. Yeah, I don't, don't want to do that. I don't have the game flow in front of me. It didn't come out yet. I'm just looking at the box score. Ish played 24 minutes. Was was that blowout run or was that real minutes, you think? Without Oh without... yeah, probably a little bit of blowout. I mean, Phoenix handed it to us today. So. Yeah, I mean, Bokroy got 12 minutes. You know, McDaniel's played 27. But Ish is going to play. He's probably going to play 18 to 20 minutes regardless. I mean, Ish is 44 on FanDuel. Large field targets only, really, you know. Jalen McDaniels, does he slide up into a utility role at all, Chief? He's 39 on FanDuel. Ah, oh, man. I mean, he played some today. It just – I think that was blowout rough for him, though. Yeah. I mean, they could get blown out again. No offense, but it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte's a tricky team right now. Because, see, now, now mostly everybody's bad. And so now it's probably like, okay, how do we how do we roll this rotation again? Because you remember they were down so many bodies, we pretty much could just play all the guys we liked every night. But now PJ's back, Plumley's back, Bridges, Hayward. Uh, the only guy that's out right now is Cody Martin. So like we're back at full strength. And here's the thing: we've actually got a lot of guys in this team that can score the ball. Lamelo, Rozier, Ish can score off the bench a little bit. Ubre has been shooting out of his mind. James Boatnight, the rookie, he's not even going to get a lot of run now because all these guys are back. Gordon Hayward can score. P.J. Washington can stroke it. So, you know, we've kind of got this similar formula going on. We're just not playing any defense. And that's not going to work against the Utah Jazz. Yeah, LaMelo had 38 FanDuel points in 24 minutes on Sunday night. So, originally my thought was if you're multi-entering, this is where I would put some mini game stacks in because – you're going to need someone from Charlotte to go off if this game's closed. But then again, like with, like you said, all, all of them are healthy again, and they're really priced. They're priced up. They're priced as if most of them, as if someone else is missing some time. Like LaMelo at almost 10K, I get it, but it's a lot. You know, Bridges, 84 with everyone back is tough. Gordon Hayward, revenge game, uh, is just tough with everyone. You know, Ubre off the bench with everyone back. Rozier, 65. He's not at that 5,300 that he was like a month, a month and a half ago. So I think you can get away with, with soloing a Utah guy or two if that game's close and, you, you know, you might not need anybody from Charlotte, although you're probably, your lineup will probably have a little bit higher of a ceiling if you play, you know, LaMelo and he, he keeps the game close for Charlotte. Tough game. Uh, how about Sacramento? at Golden State. This is a fun-filled six-gamer. Sacramento, everybody's favorite value team this week, uh, traveling to Golden State. I don't know if you heard this, Chief, but did you know that Stephen Curry is the all-time NBA three-point leader now? I have heard. I have heard. Can Sacramento keep up here? No. Right? Can, can, can they keep up? I don't know. Can, can Buddy Heal drag this team through the dirt, can he put up another 30 bomb, right? Can, can he score 30 real points? 
can Harrison Barnes chip in and play 40 minutes and score 20 plus points? It's going to be tough sledding, man. Here's the reason. Here's the thing, though. Guess what, brother? Is Jordan Poole still going to be out? It's a big right? one. That's a big one. Is he still going to be out? It's a big one. Steph Curry is, An- is-, is Andrew Wiggins going to be out? He entered the protocol. Right? That so u- That usage bump for Steph, my friend, who is well-rested now. Yeah. But what I'm saying is those, those two guys – being out, I think it's a big deal. Could you know, be like, like Andrew Andrew Wiggins. Is he averaging what about 18 this season? 17, 18, somewhere up in there. He's kind of been really good for this team this year. L- losing him is a big deal, I think. Sacramento might be able to keep this game a little bit closer than we anticipate. Yeah, I could see that, at least for three quarters or something like that. Um, without Wiggins and Poole on the court, theoretically, Steph Curry gets a 3.9% usage bump, scores about six and a half more real points per 36 minutes, and scores roughly 8.4 more fantasy points per 30 per 36 without Poole and Wiggins. So, yeah, there's a chance this game may be a little closer um, than the public would perceive. Then you dig into Poole and Wiggins being out and you know, Curry is under 10K on this one. I mean, it gets, this is where it gets really interesting on this slate specifically, Chief. And I'm looking at FanDuel. If Embiid and Tatum both don't play, which is possible, you know, you check off those studs off the list. You have LaMelo as the next highest stud at 98. Then you have Curry at 97. And then it's Gobert. Well, who knows? Is that game going to be close? Levine's out. DeJounte Murray against the Clippers, which we'll get to. So, you know, Curry might become the favorite spend up if Tatum and Embiid both sit and Curry is going to get uh, a usage increase here and uh, it'll be interesting. Now on the Sacramento side of things, tell you what, Tyrese Halliburton 7,700, but he deserves every penny of that increase because with Fox and company off the floor, he's been dynamite. Halliburton has been great. What's your price with Halliburton over there on DK? Yeah, 7K. Seven K. Look at his last three games: 42, 47, 54. Old phrase that I use for for baseball and, and other sports alike. Still a ton of meat on the bone if he's going to be cracking out, cranking out forty fantasy point plus performances. Fantastic, and I think Buddy Hughes needs to also be at the top of the list. I mean, gosh, what, what are these coaches doing, Buddy Hughes? You know, if he's going to play big minutes, I mean, he's going to be stroking. 5,100 on FanDuel, Mr. Heald. Oh, oh, man, 58 on DK. I still like it. Yeah. Yeah, you're playing Buddy Heald, folks, especially in cash. Like, I don't even have to look at anything else. I know Buddy Heald's going to be chalk on FanDuel, rightfully so. Uh, but at that price, you know, you might need him in both formats. We'll see. Uh, Tampa Bay just gave this game away. But they roughing the kicker. My gosh. Sorry, guys. Do you pay 6K for Metu? Um, Tough one. <sighs> Probably not for me on this slate, personally. I'm fan. He's 4,700 on, on DK. There you go. I, I don't think you do it at 6K. At 47, I think we get in because he can put up 30 plus. I agree. That's fair. There are just some other options at center on FanDuel, I, I think, are going to be interesting. Robert Williams, Steven Adams, if MB plays, Gobert, Voos, Christian Wood. And we didn't even mention Paul Reed. If, if MB sits, we'll see. Uh, all right. Last game of the night here, San Antonio at Los Angeles, 10.30 p.m. Hammer. Paul George is questionable. DeJounte Murray, 9,100, seems extremely inviting if Paul George is out. I mean, regardless, Murray's one of those guys for no rhyme or reason. He'll give you that triple-double kind of thing. That's a cheap price for Murray. Uh, I wouldn't mind going there. I'm just looking at both sides of this game. Derek White's 8K. No thanks. Uh, Jakob Hurdle, 7,100. That's tough. 
Keldon Johnson, 6,400. Two two straight good games in a row. Oh, I'm not I'm not getting involved with that. Forget it. But I'm not getting involved with that at 64. I'm with you. Uh, what do you see with the studs on DK over there? Any price discrepancies? What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, uh, Murray's 9,800. Uh, White is 65. Wow. Uh, Lonnie Walker's 42. Jakob is 62. Keldon Johnson, 54. That I can get behind. Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of where we're at. And then Paul George, he's pretty much stayed above. 10K almost all season with uh, with Kawhi out. He's 10-8, and we'll see if he plays. Yeah, that, that's a big one. Uh, going back to the Spurs real quick before we get into the Clippers, Lonnie Walker, 53 on FanDuel, and what did you say? It was 4K on, on DK? Yes, 42. 25 minutes for Lonnie off the bench. Pretty, uh, pretty big stuff here. You know, McDermott didn't play Thad Young is out of the rotation can we find Thad Young at home guys let's get Thad Young to a well-deserving contender um so yeah I think Lonnie Walker on DK is interesting not so much on FanDuel at his price uh Derek White another big price and discrepancy 8k on FanDuel and you said he's 65 over there I'm not doing 8k for Derek White I'm not no, doing sir. 65 <laughs> so you're not doing 65 no yeah. I mean, he's been fine, but he's not a guy that's going to put up 40 fantasy points a game. He had that one blow-up game, 60. And then, like, look, look at the rest of his log. You want to see one more 50 game somewhere. I like to see – if I saw 35 to 38 consistently. Yeah, then I – I'd be in on it, you know? Yeah, but it's, it's tough. I like Murray, though, in this one. Um, GPP is for sure. Yeah. Clippers side of things. Reggie Jackson, 61 on FanDuel. Finally stringing together a, a good stretch here. Had four steals, though, against OKC. That kind and, of... And listen exactly what you said. Finally stringing a couple good games together. Four steals against OKC. Yeah, kind of... Huh. Kind of he also had, also had 10 assists. Had nine against Utah, mm-hmm. to be fair. But 10 assists, 16 points. What's his price over there, buddy? Seventy six hundred. Oh, good lord! Yeah, automatic X button. No, but at sixty one, it makes you think on Vandal. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sixty one. You're absolutely going. Why, to take why, why do you think this of all this game of all games, the pricing is uh, there's such differences between sites here? It seems like the other ones were fairly close, but this game we talked about Derek White, we talked about Reggie, uh, Paul George. You said he's over ten k over there. Yes, he's 10-8. But, you know, PG's been over 10K since um, since Kawhi's been out for the most part. Yeah, that, 80, I'm not really worried about that one. No, I'm just for conversation's sake. He's 89 on FanDuel. Like, some these someone, the buttons aren't aligning here with the algorithms between sites. So, like, Lonnie Walker's a DraftKings play tomorrow, but he's 54 on FanDuel. I'm not doing it. Derek Wade at 8K, I'm not doing it. But I'd think about it on DraftKings at 65 um, what's Jakob Hurdle over there? Let's talk about that one. 6,200. 71 over here. Not doing it at 71, but at 62, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So, very strange here. So this game is extremely site dependent based on who you're targeting, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. So if Paul George sits, what are the, uh, the value role increase pieces on the Clippers side of the ball over there? What kind of prices do you got? I mean, you're probably just going to end up maybe playing Terrence Mann, Bledsoe, all these guys, because you're not playing Reggie Jackson. Terrence Mann, you'll probably play because he should um, he should play 30 minutes. He's 5,400. I like that. Um, you know, I think a sneaky – and I wish they were giving him more minutes with everybody that was hurt. I wish Brandon Boston was getting about 25 minutes, but he's not going to get it consistently unless they're, they're blowing someone out. Um, you know, Justice Winslow got 20 something minutes the other game. And the, the, the big one is Marcus Morris is out. Nick Batum did come back. He played 25 minutes. So in this spot, um, it, it, dare I say, you might have to get involved with Luke Kennard. 
But guess what? He's 6K on DK, and I don't want to pay that for him. But, man, he just torched OKC with everybody out. I, 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 don't, I just don't think I can get involved with that. I was just going to ask you about Luke Kennard, 5,500 on FanDuel. Look at those minutes the last couple games. I know that's, what, that's what I'm saying. If he's going to play 40 minutes, though, yeah, gosh. 36, 34, 31, 39 minutes. Uh, I mean, it's like he's forcing his hand a little bit here, especially with the injuries. Yeah. You know, I, he's got a little bit. This might be a prop play. This might be a you're not comfortable paying for him, but what can I go on the FanDuel Sportsbook and, you know, hit the 25-plus points at, like, plus 300 or something, you know, and, and kind of see yeah. what you could do there. Yeah, we'll have to see where he comes out. I, and I am going to keep my eye on this one um, because he took a big jump. Last game he scored 27 real points. No way they're going to jump into, like, 19 and a half. I, w- I would think he comes in. He's been around, like, 12 and a half most games. M- my guess is maybe they bump him to 14 and a half and give us one more shot at it. But I'd only take that if all these guys are out. Yeah, it's it's tough to play when when most of them are are active here. It seems like I just want to make sure have, have they been involved in blowouts recently? Like has it been a string of blowouts? I, I just want to see. Yeah, no, they've not all of them. So look at Eric Bledsoe's log chief. That's where the it's like Canard is has just taken part of Bledsoe's role. It's like it's like Terrence Mann and Kennard have both jumped Bledsoe. I mean, going back to the beginning of the month, he played five straight games with under 20 minutes. You know, then December 11th, 25 minutes, 24 minutes, 31 against Utah, and 21 against OKC. Like, he's only eclipsed 30 minutes a couple times in the last month. So, you know, maybe the minutes with Kennard and, and Terrence Mann are, are real. You know, you get Batum back, but you lose Marcus Moore. So, it's kind of a wash, right, in terms of rotation pieces. So maybe Bledsoe will have to find another new home. I'll never forget that tweet he sent when he was with Phoenix. I hate it here. <laughs> and then uh, they just won the title last year. So <laughs> things come the Western perfectly. Conference title. The Western Conference title, correct. Which, you know, hey, I know they're glad to have it in the trophy case, but uh, no, they didn't get the big one. Yeah. Uh, anything else from this game? Nah, man, this has been fun. Hopefully we helped some folks. We got to go down a rabbit hole, which was, which was good. Yeah. Rabbit holes are always fun. Um, yeah. So basically keep an eye on that seven thirty game guys. I mean, the good news is we'll, we'll get the news that can just shift ownerships on this entire slate of Embiid or Tatum or God forbid both are ruled out here. Uh, you know, we're talking about some some interesting value opening up with names such as Paul Reed and company. Uh, Chief, talk to me about the prop shop. Where can you find the prop shop for those who are into prop betting? And uh, you do a hell of a job with with your new venture in the Roto Grinders Discord. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Prop shop is in the Roto Roto Grinders Discord. You can catch me on Twitter at Chief Justice O Six. And, um, you know, I'd love for you to come in and hang out. Good little community. We all help each other. And, you know, we get that joint sweat going. And that's what it's all about. Good old joint sweat. Gotta love it. So uh, you and I will be back with the Food for Thought podcast. We'll have a lot of NFL ranting to do. So I'm looking forward to dropping that on Tuesday. Uh, But until then, hopefully some of this NBA information will find you well and relevant (laughs) Uh, by the time lock rolls around so for my guy over here the chief will priester from the prop shop i'm the luch justin carlucci we appreciate you guys thanks for listening and good luck on monday